and welcome to another episode of More Than Dice, episode 223. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. Oh, I'm Brian. Hi. Yeah. As you notice, Kathy is not here. She is in the chat. Thank you for joining us, Kathy. We miss you. We love you. Um, Brian is here today because he's going to be talking about um, some stuff that he works on. Just, you know, he only works on like RPGs and maybe some games and, you know, you probably never heard of the product products that he worked on, you know, GI Joe's like, it's a very small cartoon, uh, mighty Morphin power Rangers. They're, you know, just a small little yeah. bit of pop culture and, yeah, you know, transformers. Likes, nobody likes transformers anymore. No, I mean, that, that's just a fade in the wind type thing. Oh. But before we get to that, let's go ahead and get through our sponsors. Some important thing. You forgot the more important thing. Is he working on my little pony? Am I, am I into the answering stages? Yet? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> Save oh. that question. Transformers has been redeemed. John, get to it. Um, yeah, yeah. So we're going to get through all of our, our all the business, as we say. Let's go ahead and uh, thank our sponsors. We're going to thank Muse on Minis uh, for sponsoring us and help us pushing our podcast out. Uh, make sure you go over there to them and type in more than dice, all one word, one word, and you will get a discount on all their products. Uh, we want to thank Mini Masterworks, where you can get the awesome, awesome, awesome paint shaker. That we have been selling on there pretty much. Uh, that's what pretty much everybody's been buying off his store. Um, but you can also use uh, More Than Dice MMW10, I think is what it is. And you can get some really cool stuff from them. Uh, we want to thank Parabellum War Games uh, for sponsoring us also. They uh, can use More Than Dice. You can get a big discount there. Um, by the way, I did a demo of their game this weekend. It was really fun. Uh, we want to thank Turbo Dork. Cool. Uh, we will do another giveaway probably in about two weeks for a $50 gift certificate to their store. Um, so go and check them out for your good metallics and color shift paints. And we want to thank Midnight Heroes. Don't forget he's doing his summer sale right now. We can get 35% off and you can use our code, uh, more than dice, all one word. And you can get like another 15% off, I believe is what it is. So you can get almost 50% off on all of his products. All right now, and he will be um, releasing more news on his uh, game that he's got coming out. Um, so you'll just have to stay tuned. I think he's going to be releasing that at ReaperCon. Um, been beta testing that a little for him. Uh, John is having a little bit of camera problems for his Transformers, so we can't see what he's doing. Oh, so, did not go through? No, it did not. <laughs> oh. There it now? is. There it is. So you guys start all over. I'm sorry, bud. Start all over. Nobody saw it. If, if I have to start over and only do it whenever, you know, the camera's on for my ears, you have to start over with your Transformers. No, no, no. Well, I'll run. I'll weep ninny bong. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look like it showed up on the screen anyways. <laughs> Unless we got a big delay. That's a problem. Yeah, it's probably just because you're, you, since you learned that you have uh, HDMI cables and everything else. It, it looks like a top-down surgical theater from, like, like Ratchet working on somebody. Like, you're literally about ready to be like, and here's where the transformation oh, really? goes. Blah. Wow. It, it took all that time just to catch up. Okay. Uh, halfway through. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Captain Mizzy. You're not getting your four th your full 1,000 points um, reward because John's only doing showing you half of the transformation. So uh, I'll, I'll transform a second one for Captain Mizzy. Okay. <laughs> so, guys, we want to thank all of our sponsors and everything. We also want to thank you for being on the show, whether you listen to us uh, on an RSS feed, on all the many, many platforms we're on, or 
you watch us live on Twitch, um, it is greatly appreciated. Um, so please take care of yourself. We want to see you again so we can uh, all hang out, play games, um, drink, and have a good time. Um, John, do we have shout-outs this week? Uh, uh, you shared another one of someone I didn't know, but we definitely have James Kahn. Correct. James Kahn, uh, which... Um, was a really, really uh, interesting character. I read an article where he did an interview with somebody, and he was like, uh, so I heard you don't like interviews. Fuck you. <laughs> it was pretty much what he was saying. <laughs> yeah, he does not like interviews. I saw that article as well. It was, <laughs> it was like hilarious. Uh, and it was interesting. John had mentioned, and I totally forgot that he was uh, on Alien Nation, which was a great movie. he's the fucking lead. <laughs> but it was pretty good. Um so good shout outs to him. Uh, very good actor. Um, we have Tony Sicaro, which was on The Sopranos. He played uh, Polly Walnut or Polly Nuts or was it Polly Walnuts? Hey, uh, Polly I, never Nuts. Watched, I never watched The Sopranos. So. Yeah, I did, and he was he was he was a very good you know mobster style person. So. He was awesome. He did a yeah. great job. Yeah, his haircut, the hair they had that was the hair that my grandfather had. Um, so it was like. It just like just fit so well the hairstyle that they had him wear, um, and then we have I'm not going to try to the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh creator I guess passed away in Shinzo Abe, also passed away. Um, they have to give me one more meow for the whole night uh, there of the leaguer. How much meow do we have? That's funny. <laughs> you have a you have a a, a a meow rating. Oh, they always do. I always try to force them away from it. Okay, so now I'm on for the whole entire uh, cast wearing ears. Um, so we have a new shout-out for them. Um, yeah, the Japanese former prime minister. Um, what else? I think that was all of our shout-outs. Uh, guys, if you haven't uh, had a chance and you are uh, Facebook friends with me or you are on our... Uh, Facebook, uh, More Than Dice Facebook page. Make sure you go check out uh, Kathy's uh, link to her Amazon wishlist. Uh, you can help her out there for everything that she needs. I hear that actually these crazy, crazy fans we have have already cleared it out. Uh, they've actually cleared it out. I think we're on our third list so far. Oh, the crap, you mad, mad people. Yeah. We awesome. love you. That's awesome. <laughs> love you so much. Um. And I know uh, Lynn Stahl has uh, created a video to kind of like push it out. And uh, if you don't cry at that, you don't have a heart. Um, so I haven't seen that. And now I will not because <laughs> I will weep like a child. Um, so uh, go over there. Help Kathy out. Um, well, maybe she can get back on the uh, podcast as soon as we can. But she is not allowed to come back on until she is feeling much better. Um, uh, if I have to, I will go out and rip her cables out. And so she can't try to get back on. We won't call her on Skype until she's ready. <laughs> so, other than that, guys, please take care of yourself. Always listen to your body. Uh, always wash your hands. Wear a mask when you're out. Uh, cases are up. My new job, I have to deal with um, CDC reports all the time. And um, make sure, make sure that you're uh, keeping an eye on yourself and your health. Um, but before we do all these good cheers, John, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm trying something crazy. I had a cherry Coke left, so I put a cherry Coke in, I put some vanilla liqueur in it, and then I put some uh, grenadine to make sort of, uh, you know, vanilla cherry Coke. 
right. we'll see how that pl- plays. Right. Brian, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I am drinking. Did you just stop already? <laughs> uh, I am drinking a uh, quarter cask Lafroy. Okay. Oh no no no! Wow. No, don't drink it! Don't drink it! I am drinking Ray Martin XO. Uh, only about a finger's amount um, for uh, my drink tonight. But everybody, please take care of yourself. We want to see you, and we want to know that you're listening and you're having a good time. So stick around for us. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, yeah. John John went for like four or five sips out of there. Is it good? Oh, it's good. <laughs> Oh, I added more sugar content to cherry coke. Of course, it's fucking good. <laughs> it sounds like candy. <laughs> it's actually not quite that bad, but uh, you get the vanilla, you get the grenadine. You don't really get much of the cherry from the cherry coke originally, but hey. <laughs> and Brian, would you like to describe your drink? Uh, its notes and flavors and how it rolls on the tongue. It, it is. It is a. Uh, it is a, a very strong uh, Isla. As far as one of the, uh, it is an Isla, squa- uh, Isla Scotch. Um, so it's very, very peaty. Uh, one of my, one of my favorites, in fact. And bef- before I am too old to enjoy it, I will go to the distillery. Uh, I saw it. They, they did a, a tour with a couple of actors, and I saw them there. And I just basically watched, like, <laughs> sitting at the TV screen, like, oh. Oh, look at what they're doing. I want to do that. So, yeah, no, this is, this is my favorite. I'm a, I'm a big scotch drinker, and this this is my hands down my favorite. It's the one I keep it's the one I keep at my desk in the studio for just this, you know, just certain occasions. Everything else is in the bar. I say I, I'm a uh, my scotch is um, uh, McCollin is one of my favorite scotches. It's stupid expensive for the one I want, so I don't get it very often. <laughs> McCullen 18, you know, it's only about like 300 and some odd dollars a bottle sometimes. I did but. a um, McCullen tasting on the cruise I just came back from. Oh, uh, oh, uh, oh it, awesome. It, yeah, that was that was a that was a ton of fun and I bought one of their uh the McCullen Terra. Their their 14 year like you can only get it either there or on a boat. Oddly it's it's their travel packages. <laughs> there was one better but i actually didn't during the tasting it was good but i didn't like it as much and it was like a hundred dollars more for the bottle so i'm like i i found that we had a a pirate themed bar and grill near us that uh would do flights of rum and i found that i didn't always like the most expensive rum the most the the it's what was it called like the mckellen enigma is what it's like a like a 16 but it's double barreled and the second barrel's in a spanish uh like a like a Spanish like sherry cask, so it was really really like heavy fruit, and I I, I was oh. again Islas are my favorites. I want it to taste like an ashtray. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fruit flavored whiskeys are my favorite. Gotcha. So you probably would have loved this. It was. Yeah, it, it, I get a lot of apple just ones. Just it just didn't up. speak to me. Oh, fair. <laughs> um, so. Guys, as you notice, Kathy is not here, so we uh, we were talking about this gentleman's games uh, for like the last three or four episodes, and I was like, you know what? I know that gentleman. I think I can get him on uh, to talk about his stuff. I mean, he doesn't like to talk anyway. It's not like he has his own Twitch channel, right? I don't have my own Twitch. I don't I have my own YouTube. Oh, so what's your YouTube? Uh, Tales from a Professional Nerd. Yep. 
Um, so I if I just can... celebrated my 150th uh, official episode. Nice. There's actually like 159 because there's a handful of like weird bonus episodes that got thrown in there. But like actual the numbered episodes I go on once a week. Yeah. And uh, doing it for almost three years now. Yeah, I, I actually was kind of laughing because I was um, I was working on our um, SoundCloud files, and while we're actually on episode two hundred and twenty three, we have over six hundred episodes in there because we have all of our RPG streams and everybody else that's under the More Than Dice banner. And I was like, man, we got a lot of crap on this channel, <laughs> a lot of content. Think about it, guns. When someone asks you how long I've been podcasting, and I'm like, uh, more than a decade. I don't fucking know. <laughs> So, um, so we, we, we brought you on Brian because one, um, I, I've known about your games for a while and we've been Facebook friends and, uh, I, I recently picked up, uh, Power Rangers and I read through it and we'd been discussing it and, you know, John had got the GI Joe. We're all waiting for Transformers and well, stuff. We got the fancy version. Oh yeah. Of course I have the fancy version. <laughs> I don't even have the fancy version. So um, we've been talking, and we're all big friends, and so we were like, well, let me see if I can get them on, and so message, and you're like, hell yeah, let me make sure, you know, you don't get in trouble. So who are you? You know, give us your what background a, a little bit, and, a, you know, how did you get started doing, like, everybody's dream job? So it is actually a really kind of humorous story that started with a sadness. Um, I, uh, I, I went to school for uh, uh, English education and medieval literature and uh, school and I did not get along. What? Um, yeah, no, I, it seems like I have a problem with authority. Uh, yeah. And I did, uh, I wrote essays for math tests explaining why math is dumb. And <laughs> they eventually, they, they eventually tell you to leave <laughs> when, when they, they, they stop taking your money and ask you to go elsewhere. Um, and so during one of those downtimes between trying to pick up classes here and there, I got sucked into retail life uh, where it was bad job after bad job after bad job. And I ended up um, in a uh, basically a state farm cube farm, like where I was calling fire, calling fire departments to ask the pressure on their hydrant systems. Like you couldn't get more banal than what I was doing. It was awful. And I would come home every day and my wife at the time looked at me and was like, this job is killing you. Like it is, it is slowly destroying what you are and who you are. We have to do something about that. And so we started looking into what kind of jobs would let me write. Cause at that point I was like doing a couple magazine articles and a little things here and there. Um, but that was like the one thing that I could, t that's the one thing that made me happy was, you know, writing stories and, and, you know, trying to, you know, get things out in the world. And uh, my as as unfortunate unluck would have it, bad luck would have it. Uh, our local comic book shop, the uh, the woman who owned it fell ill, and her son was working like seventy hours a week, and he was a friend of mine. I played D and D with him, and uh, my wife and I basically said, you know, we could probably take out a pretty significant signature loan and buy into the comic book shop. And while we were trying to juggle these numbers to try and make it happen. Uh, there was a a game game trade expo at uh, was it Alliance the Diamond Alliance mm -hmm. in Fort Wayne Indiana, which is only like an hour away from me. Um, and uh, they 
the the people that owned the shop said, well, if you're honestly serious about this, you need to come see how the business side of things work. And so Roy, the the gentleman in question, grabbed me and we went to the Alliance Open House. And while we were there, I sat, we did the, I was immediately just enamored with the concept of this is a show for only us special people. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'd been to Gen Con a bunch of times, but I'd been a gamer for a long time. So like I've, I've been in the conventions, but never on the, like businesses are talking to us. They're not just taking my money. Correct. Uh, and so we, we did the little tour of a uh, tour of duty around the, the, the shop to see everybody. And there was one particular booth that had a couple of like D and D 3.5 sort of splat books. And they were demoing this new skirmish miniatures game that was going to be out. They were going to put it out the next year. Like they were unpainted minis. There was cards like it was like Xeroxed index cards were stats. And then they were, you know, testing this game out. And I sat and I played it with a couple of the guys. And I immediately was like, this is a really, really tight system. This is a really good game. I already like your world setting because of these D and D books that you've got. If there's anything I can do, you let me know. And he's like, well, after the hall closes, we're going to go next door to where the free bar is, where the open bar is, and we're going to play some more games. And so I hooked up with Brian Snowdy uh, that night and basically drank shitty beer and played <laughs> um, the basically the 0.5 version of War Machine uh, for like six hours straight. Um, and when it was all done, you know, hammer drunk, you know, having just, just a great time. And I gave them my business card, which was one of those like self tearn Avery label kind of like, <laughs> things you put through your dot matrix printer. Um, it still had my MySpace on it. Ooh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm dating myself there. Uh, but it basically was my, my gamer creds, which was, you know, I'd done a little play testing here, are a couple of the fanzines that I had done some work for, you know, and that was it. And I was like, if you guys ever need absolutely anything, give me a call. This game is is amazing. Give me a shout. And I was I was really just kind of sh- like fishing for free stuff. You know, it's like <laughs> please let me be a demo monkey. You know, let me let me uh, you know take take home all these great models. And what ended up happening is about two months later, I had actually forgotten that that conversation took place. Uh, Sadako got healthy again, so they didn't need anybody to buy into the shop. So I went back to work at, uh, I actually didn't go to State Farm. I went to a cell phone joint and was slinging cell phones. Um, and I got a phone call uh, out of the blue from uh, Matt Wilson. And he goes, hey, it says here you've done some writing. It just so happens that our writer just walked out on us. We would wow. like you to do a test piece. And I said, all right, cool. And I, so I wrote this little story up, little 2,000 word, you know, kind of short blurb. And uh, my wife at the time, I gave I gave Sarah my uh, my this. She, she was my editor. She did all you know. Look, she was the extra set of eyes, and so she looked at it. And uh, there was a little there was a character in that story that I'm it, being the the post World of Darkness edge lord that I was. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I I had murdered off this little goblin, uh, and she was like, "But he was so cool. Why did you kill him?" And I was like, "Because it's it's dark and grisly." And uh, and she was like, well, he should live. He's too cute to die. You need to make him live. And I was like, but how? He gets hit in the face with a cannon. Like, and she's like, well, have him like check his watch or like he he like ties, ties his shoe or whatever. And so I changed the end of the story to make him live because he was just too lucky to you know too ignorant and too lucky to die. And I turned in the story, and like forty eight hours later, Matt got back to me and goes, 
we love it. We, you definitely have the chops. You know the world. We absolutely adore, you know, how did you come up with this character? And that ended up actually being, if you recognize that piece of art, that is Reinhold, the original gobber from War Machine Prime, uh, that he ended up being the goblin that I saved because my ex-wife asked me to save him. He was supposed <laughs> to get murdered horribly. Um, and that that character is actually the one that Matt said, I, this is the tone that we want. We, we want this for our game. And goes, do you think you can do 70,000 words by August? And oh. I said, absolutely, absolutely. I don't, I, I don't... I don't know what that means, but yes, you know, whatever, whatever it's going to be. And that ended up being the first War Machine Prime. Uh, that ended up being the, uh, doing the first War Machine Prime. We did, we won three Origins Awards for it the following summer. And that's it. That I knew that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my, uh, the rest of my days is I wanted to make fiction and, and you know, develop rules and, and be part of this industry. Uh, and it was only cemented more when the first time I walked into a game store and in the back people were, A, playing a game that I helped with and having a deep philosophical debate about the motivations of a character that I created. How old How old were you when you pretty much well, switched careers? That was 2002, it came out in 2003, so the 22, 20, I'm hard with math. Math is not my strong suit unless I'm designing. I was born in 77. I'm 44 now. Uh, so I was about a little over 20 years ago. Okay. Um, and uh, actually almost exactly 20 years ago. Again, math. Uh, <laughs> this is why we have playtesters, folks. Um, but yeah, uh, that was... That was a uh, the, the walking into one of my local game shops. It was about an hour away. I was visiting friends, and there were two people playing War Machine in the back, and they were having this really deep discussion about the Butcher, about Orsa Zaktavir. And uh, it was they were talking about you know who do you think Lola is, and you know what what, what do you what do you, what do you uh, you know why why do you think he's so angry? Is he really Orgoth? You know, and I sat there and just kind of listened for a few minutes and. I don't think my heart could have been bigger. I had a, an absolute Grinch moment. Oh just, yeah, you know, um, and oh, so uh, Xander in the ch in the chat. Uh, so that there, uh, Reinhold, that is the actual original art piece. That's Snowdy's or, or Matt Wilson's original. Uh, I got that on my first anniversary after uh, after Primus here. Um, yeah, so. And I, in fact, actually, another slightly less than amusing story. I thought I lost it in the divorce uh, when I when I got when I did, got divorced uh, years and years and years ago. Um, it didn't show back up in my stuff, and I thought I didn't think it was like malicious or anything. I honestly just thought that it got misplaced in a box or whatever. Well, fast forward like seven or eight years. And I get a phone call from my ex uh, out of the blue and she goes, I need you to sit down. And I'm like, oh, God, someone died. You know, like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what's like, what's wrong with our kid? You know, oh, God. And she goes, I am going to send you a picture. And I'm like, oh, no, he's broken. You know, like my, our son is bleeding. What's going What's happening? She goes, I'm going to send you a picture. And I know that how I know how you're going to react. And she sent me a picture of that in a comic book bag like a comic book, like Mylar mm -hmm. uh, that was at the bottom of a bunch of file folders that she found in her basement. Nice. And I don't, yeah, I immediately, I was like, Oh my God, Reinhold's alive. You know, like, <laughs> I was 
was gonna kill you first, but I was gonna kill you, and then you came back, and then you died, and now you're back again. So yeah, now <laughs> he's framed and on my wall, and yeah. So you worked for Privateer Press, then you went to. I went to Mongoose Publishing after Privateer. Uh-huh. Uh, basically, I, I did a bunch of stuff for Privateer until about 2004 or five, um, and then uh, Mongoose. Basically, uh, I ran into Alexander Fennell, one of the owners at the time, um, at Origins, and I walked past their booth, and they had a layout of Bab Five books for their Bab Five role playing game, and it, I froze in, their, in my tracks. I was like, "What? There's a Bab Five role playing game," and uh, I was like, "Well, I love this license." please let me help you. And uh, within six months, uh, I had done a bunch of mar- magazine articles for them and they hired me on as a staff writer and I stayed with them for almost six years. Um, worked on things like Conan and uh, uh, Traveler, RuneQuest, uh, Bab 5. Um, worked with the Starship Troopers license, uh, which recently, there's a bunch of people that have been talking about it recently. Uh, there's uh, one of the Facebook groups, there's a Facebook group that deals with just old dead games and uh, they're painting a bunch of Starship Troopers minis. And I'm like, first off, where are you finding those? Like, those haven't existed in a decade. You know, like, it's cool, though. You know? Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, I, Ma- I left Mongoose uh, kind of abruptly. They did a bunch of downsizing. Uh, and I went to freelance. I was freelance for a little while. And then I went to work with uh, Cool Money or Not um, before they became Simon. Yeah, uh, they were where they were still cool when you're not. I worked with them. Good save. Nay, no problem. Uh, <laughs> although apparently now it's actually come on. Like it's like that's that's yeah. how you pronounce it in their their press releases and stuff. Uh, I think I pronounce it fuckwits. It, come on, <laughs> they, they, I would not be where I'm at without them. They, no, they, fair, fair, but I have a lot of problems with what they do. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I worked for them for a couple of years, and then I left and was freelance for a couple of years, and then they called me and brought me back on. And when they brought me back on, that was probably the biggest like leap in my career because they specifically brought me back on to take over uh, two of their legacy miniature games, um, the Wrath of Kings and Dark Age. Uh, oh, I should not let you talk to my buddy Marshall, who loves Dark Age. Uh, that was that was my baby for almost three years. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I did everything from the designing the story to working with the artists to make the minis. The yeah. that was that was easily uh, the the best part of my career before where I'm currently at. Yeah, he, uh, was, he's a huge fan. He loves that game. Uh, well, let him know that I am. I, I I won't say I miss it every day. Uh, but I would say at least once a week, I'll have something pop across my desk or a Facebook chirp will come up or something that reminds me how great those years were. Um, it, was, it was such a great game. Um, and I'm not, not, even, not even patting myself on the back. I mean, just like, like it was just it was a great community. Uh, the fans were amazing and it was really going places. Um, and that was already a resurrected game. Uh, yes. Yeah, it was, it was it it was resurrected once before. It was kind of on life support when I was handed it, um, and wow. uh, we 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 brought it up uh, three hundred. Was our last, our final total as far as like sales in that last year was like a three hundred twenty some odd percent hike from one year to the next. Um, but uh, sadly, when the company when when Simon went uh, public and became a publicly traded company, uh, they have a board of directors to answer to. And uh, when they took a look at that portfolio and saw that 
legacy mini games were doing less than two percent of what that company did uh it was it was pretty evident that you know these were not it, it, it would have required a pretty significant amount of influence and 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 manpower to really continue those games I, so they it slowly kind of dwindled it down and then that's when i left the company the last time and went into fell into a super deep depression started my youtube channel to try and fight that depression to give me somebody to talk to uh and uh shortly thereafter uh elisa teague from uh, renegade got a hold of me and said i think i have something that's perfect for you are you interested in working on a new role-playing game and i was like well yeah okay what, what, what are we talking about here and she goes well we have transformers like yep <laughs> yep that's what what do you what's uh do you want to finish your statement or should i just sign now yeah <laughs> and, uh, and she's like well we also have power rangers and gi joe and i was like and it just keeps getting better like okay just small so, ips you know just small at least I, I, I know at least a few there's this little company we're working with it's called hasbro <laughs> uh, yeah and uh and so i signed on and then we, uh, you know, the rest is is now history. We we started the project. I, I met some of the coolest people that I know now in the industry. Uh, that I, I I I have never I had never worked with any of them before. I knew Elisa through like common friends, but I didn't know I had never actually worked with her. And now I would count her amongst one of uh, count her amongst my my closest you know definitely closest colleagues and some of the best people I've ever worked with. Awesome. Well, I know that. Um... So I remember Dark Age, and I remember whenever that that whole thing went down, and you know you were like out, and I was I remember sending messages like, "Man, I'm sorry about that," uh, or one of your posts that you had done because I was like, "Ah," because I was starting to get into it, and then it was like, "Ding," and I was like, "Dang it," because uh, we'd gotten was... I, I'd gotten some miniatures, and so I just I had them, and like a friend of mine's like, "I still play the game." Oh. And so I was like, oh, well, here, you can have them since, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get anybody around here to do it. So I send all this stuff to a friend of mine. <clears throat> and he, he has it. Yeah, I have uh, a box. I, I used to have all of my Dark Age, Dark Age minis on my, uh, on my like, display shelf and stuff. I had to box them up. I couldn't look at them anymore. It, it made me very sad because <laughs> mo most of one army was something that had never been released. Uh. Oh. Uh, the funnier thing is, I actually meant the Dark Ages Legacy more than that because I remember when the Dark Age card game came out. Dark Age has a weird history. Yeah, a weird history. It's 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 convoluted to say the least. Yes, because yes. the card game, uh, all due respect to everyone who worked on it, was not good. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty. The cards were looked awesome. I loved the tarot style size. But it just was not good. We we tried so hard because I ran a game store at that time, and okay, we tried really hard to make it a thing because we loved the art and everything. But it could not become a thing. Oh, I love the miniatures. Some of the models and stuff were just super legit. I was like, these things are cool. These things look fun. And uh, you know, I got some free books. It was a Depticon whenever oh, yeah. they gave us you know a starter set and a couple of books in the the VIG swag bag. And I was like, this looks pretty cool. Yeah. Yep, something like that. And I, we were driving home, and I was reading it, and I was like, ooh, Nick, this is an army you would play, because I know his play style and you know everything. I was like, this would be the one you were like, ooh, I'm going to have to look into getting it. And I was like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, and it started, oh, here you go, John. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Marshall still hopes against hope uh, that it comes back because I believe Marie correctly, the guy who created owns the IP. He just can't get it going again, from what I understand. So there is. So technically, Simon still owns the license. Um, the the issue is, is that before IP law is how it currently is, where they actually fragment things out in contracts. There is Gerald Brom was the original artist that created most of the art, like 90% of the art Mm -hmm. up until about 2017. That's when we started hiring other artists to really kind of fill in. Um, Brom did all of that and he owns a significant chunk of the license. David Doust, uh, one of the, uh, one of the board members and one of the leads over at Simon, one of the guys who started Cool Money or Not back in the day, owns a significant chunk of that. And then on top of all that, Simon as a company owns a bunch of the production rights of it. So there's a lot of licensing weirdness. So there's been several times where people have been like, you know, they've asked me and I'm like, dude, I just ran the game. I have no idea about the legal behind it. You know, they're like, well, do you, who do you think I would talk to? And I'm like, you, not me. You know, it needs to be somebody <laughs> else, somebody that was higher on the food chain even when I was part of that food chain. Um, and uh, everything that I've always heard is that basically all three of those moving parts would need to agree to make that happen. And, you know, David Doust lives in uh, uh, lives in Singapore. He runs the Asian side of Simon. Of, of, of um, uh, Brom still is an artist and he's amazing, but I don't know if he gives... I don't even know if he cares about the license. You know, like, like I, I've only talked to the gentleman like twice. Uh, and both times it was awesome. You know, like it was, it was great, but it was very much, it had nothing to do with business. It was all just, I love your art. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then, you know, Simon obviously would have to, you know, put a price tag or whatever on it. Uh, yeah. So there's, there's just a lot of business involved mm-hmm. that um, I, I hope, I hope one day, that someone manages to, to get that license away from them. Because uh, the time is right. This is the time of the skirmish level game is rising. It is the perfect time for a game like it's that. It's true. It's almost like there's another one that's coming soon. Hmm. Wait, did you What's do something? Eternal? <laughs> uh, so, okay, dog, I love you. All right, my dog is way up in my butt. Quit it. Go lay down, bud. Um, oh my god, the other one's here too. Hang on, I gotta show you. I'm being bookended by dogs. No, yeah. You, yeah, you'll have to show puppies. Barry. Oh. This is Barry Allen, fastest dog alive. <laughs> and that is John Johns, the uh, not Martian Manhunter dog. And then Bruce Wayne is our Malamute, and he's, I guarantee, being a baked potato somewhere else in the house. <laughs> awesome. And now that, I've, now that I've showed them off, they're fleeing. They're, they're like, no, I'm not on camera. Camera shy dogs. Whose dog are you? Uh, uh, but yeah, so um, where was I going? Before I got distracted by my baked potato. Your war zone eternal. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Work. Which um, I really, because I had messaged you when your Kickstarter went off. And the entry point, because one of the things we've talked about is buying into a game nowadays mm-hmm. is very important to our people. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't drop. $2,500 on a 40K army and then spend, yes. you know, four or $500 every year to keep it up to date. And your entry point was very, uh, very good. So uh, basically about two years ago, like right at the beginning of when, when COVID was kind of just sort of becoming, there's this thing that might be keeping people in their house. Um, 
a gentleman by the name of Alex uh, over at Resnova Games, who was a huge fan of Dark Age, reached out to me and goes, I was a huge fan of Dark Age, and uh, I now have in my possession the license for the Mutant Chronicles slash Warzone license. And uh, he goes, uh, I want you to design the new rule for it. I, I want you to design the new game. And I said, yes. The new, new game. I will do this. I will have him. Um, and so we started working really hard to, to make the new game. We put, you know, put together the new rules and everything. And then we had a Kickstarter that started really strong. And then in the first like week, it just went like it, it was worse. The worst drop off that we'd seen in a long time. Um, we did fund within 23 hours. But there was some question as to whether or not the funding level that we were reaching was going to be enough to actually get the game into stores and not just basically go here, everybody, here's your boxes. Sorry that we can't do anything else. And uh, the license owner and Resnova, and I was not involved in that decision-making process, but I definitely was kind of ear on the wall, like one of those, oh, okay, I'd like to hear how this is going down. Um, you know, I have nothing at risk other than my rules just don't ever make it out. And uh, the license, the, the license company said, we, we think, you know, if you want to kind of pause, retool it and give it another shot with the better option, let's do that. And so Alex wrote a very, a very well written sort of not, I don't want to say apology, but it was more of a, hey, guys, this is where we're at. I know that we funded. We were hoping to do better. We want to be honest with you guys. If it goes right now, we might not make it to a wave two. We really want to make sure that this game happens and continues to happen. And we're listening to your feedback and we're going to retool things and come back. And so he put paused on the, you know, paused on the Kickstarter. Nobody's out any money. And uh, basically within hopefully, uh, I don't know, the next six, eight, nine months, you know, give or take, it'll be back out on Kickstarter retooled with a lot of the feedback we got from a customer survey Minus the one guy who sent the same thing five times, <laughs> and it was not helpful advice. It was basically almost like gamer version of death threats five times during his his consumer review thing. And we're like, we're not. This isn't. No, you're. You're. No, thank you. File thirteen. That shit. Yep. Yep. But everybody else that we have, most of the stuff we got back, definitely the stuff from the Discord channel, um, was very positive. Uh, uh, considering how negative so many people were being during the Kickstarter. Um, well, keep in mind, there was a version not that long before it that came out to a lot of hype and then just fell off the radar. Um, that would be Warzone Resurrection. Yep. I have um, a book somewhere they my local store gave me so I could write uh, uh, Slow Grow League rules for. I, uh, I, I wish... So I actually didn't and I, I don't mean I'm not trying to besmirch anybody. I didn't know that they existed until they were done. Um, I knew about Protos. I knew about the company uh, because I actually uh, tried to get in on their their uh, uh, AVP game. Mm -hmm. You know, like I I actually did follow them a little bit, um, but I didn't know that there was a another version of Warzone until after it had already come and gone. Yeah, it just sort of came out, and I was uh, they had a local store that was there, and I'm like, "Well, crap!" Like John, you gonna play? I'm like. Uh, well, can I use my old Warzone models? They're like, what old Warzone models? And I'm like, 
<laughs> I still have old Metal Warzone models. I still yep. still have old Metal Warzone models. That was like the first big competitor of 40k. Like we played the crap. We used out of it. We used those models uh, for Imperial Guardsmen and what have you for a ton of stuff for, for a while. Yeah. That was actually why, besides the my history with Dark Age, that was actually why Alex got in touch with me because on one of my uh, one of my weekly Tales from a Professional Nerd podcasts that you can see <laughs> on the YouTube's, um, but besides, I had mentioned a bunch of old games that I used to play, and one of the old games that I had mentioned was Target Games as Warzone back in the nineties, mm -hmm. and so he actually reached out. He was like, "You already know the world." You know, mm -hmm. you used to play, and I was like, absolutely, I love that game. I, you know, it's what replaced 40k for me for you know a good four or five years, um, and uh, and so that's that's why we went back into it with such fervor to try and make this game into what it was, uh, or what it what it can be. Um, and for the Dark Age fans, there there is no question that uh, I've made this. This is this is a, a spiritual successor of that rule set. Oh, cool. um, you, there will see people will see several similarities. They'll be like, "Ah, okay, I see how that works." Which is also funny because the original Dark Age rules, half of that design team were the ones that made the original Warzone. So it all comes for it all comes full circle. Like we're <laughs> we're extremely you know incestuous and nepotistic you know society of designers. So no, that's that's cool. But we should probably talk about role playing games. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I you you'll need to actually tell me. To <laughs> I was like, I like, have not met a microphone I don't love. No, so, no, it's fine. That's awesome. No, this is really good because we. we this also gives you know more you know history about you and stuff and everything. But um, yeah, we definitely want to get into um, the small IP that you've been working on uh, because you and I briefly talked about it on the on on our phone call, and I'm not a huge Mighty Morphin Power Ranger fan because that was you know that was. After my time, pretty much, you know, okay. uh, of everything. Although I know about it and my kids that I taught in school were into it and everything. And I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. You know, ninjas. Cool. Giant monsters. Cool. Giant robots. You know, cool. And of course, G.I. Joe was my, my time frame. You know, greatest American hero. G.I. Joe. Knowing it's after the battle, etc., etc. Uh, Captain Mizzy is linking all your uh, links to your channels and your stuff, by the way. So in case oh, you see that. Thank uh, you. Thank you, Mizzy. And um, so we, we all got together and John bought G.I. Joe. I bought Power Rangers. And uh, I also bought Transformers. Duh. Yeah, I'm waiting on Transformers. I haven't pre-ordered it because um, I want I don't know where I'm going to pick it up from. Because sometimes whenever I go to a game store, I'm like, oh, I need to spend money on these people. And I so mean, I'll go. Which get one of you bought ponies? Uh, neither yet, but, uh, did you work on ponies? So not exactly. Um, okay. I, I was, uh, one of the, one of the leads that designed the essence 20 system. So uh, there was a team of about, the same system. Awesome. Well, there was a, there was a team of about 11 of us that basically got together in our first digital room when Elisa got everybody together and said, okay, here we go. We're going to split up into sub teams to start working on the licenses, but collectively we made the system. Awesome. Um, and uh, it was myself, TJ Storm, uh, Hollywood stunt actor, played Godzilla once, played a predator once. Um, <laughs> he's amazing. I love him to death. Uh, it was me, Elisa, and TJ. We did Power Rangers first. Um, and then at the same time, uh, Ryan Costello, uh, Ben Heisler, and uh, Paige uh, Lightman, Dr. Paige Lightman. Sorry, I'm that. I'm, that she is very particular. She would like to be recognized for her doctorate, and I don't blame her. Um, they did G.I. Joe, 
and then uh, James Sombrano, uh, uh, Eddie Webb, and Gabe Hicks did the Transformers book, uh, the initial pass, and then Ryan and I, when we were done with our stuff, we jumped in to help finish out that book. Awesome. Um, but uh, uh, collectively, we made Essence 20. Now, My Little Pony, um, I had already moved on to starting to do the giant adventure arcs and the source books for the other licenses when Pony fell onto the schedule. Um, I know Ryan Costello worked on Ponies, and I know uh, Trivia Fox worked on it. And I think there was at least one other person in that team, but I was not part of the Pony exclusive stuff, but it does use my same or our same skeleton for Essence 20. Can you uh, give us a quick rundown of what the Essence 20 system is? The uh, elevator, you know, how, yeah, how it works. Um, so the best thing that I have been, so the, the, if, if there was a byline for Essence 20 is that Essence 20 is not a toolbox, it's a toy box. Um, we give you everything that we, that we want you to be able to play with and it is up to you to figure out exactly how you want to use it. Um, it's, a, it's, I don't want to say rules light because there are other games out there that use that term and you read and you read it and go, okay, it is more about a flexibility between player and GM. Um, we, the, the system is a D 20 based system. Hence essence 20. Uh, you have four, uh, four essence scores. You have strength, speed, smarts, and social. Uh, and each point in those gives you a point in the associated skills that are attached to it, um, barring special rules, obviously. Uh, there's always exceptions. but uh, Every exception, every rule. Yeah. Um, and the way that the skills work is, is for every skill point you put in there, um, you start off with a D2, goes up to a D4, D6, D8, D10, and D12. That's when you've got the skill maxed out. And you add that roll, your skill die, to a d20 roll to determine what you're doing. Uh, there's just a difficulty number. Uh, so, like, if a, a really hard, generally speaking, something that's, like, really tough is going to be, like, 25. An arduous level stuff, like, almost epic, is going to be 30. Um, you know, where it's really, really hard to get to something like that. Uh, but one of the others you can do with your skill points is you can spend it to specialize in a skill. So targeting is a skill. That is just, I get to shoot stuff with this. But if I want to be particularly good with, we'll say, I'm Optimus Prime and I'll be really good with my Ion Cannon. I could specialize in Ion Cannon and I might have a D10, but instead when it's time for me to make that shot, I roll my D20. And instead of just rolling the D10 for my skill, because I'm specialized in it, I roll my D10, D8, D6, D4, and D2 and take the highest result of any of those skill dice. So it gives you a, a better chance of... It doesn't give you an astronomically high number. You still only top out at 32. But it gives you that opportunity to hopefully do better on, on the average. And if any of those skill dice, except for the D2 is show, it showing its maximum number, that's a critical hit. So it gives you a much better option. You have a more chance for critting. You, you get generally higher scores if you're specialized, but if you specialized, it means you didn't increase your die number. And then during the game, there are different 
like special abilities, different instances that can either give you advantage, uh, not advantage, sorry, that's D20, um, <laughs> give you edge, which gives you roll 2D20 and take the best, or snag, which is 2D20 take the worst, um, or you can get dice shifts up and down. So if something is particularly easy and you have a D4, your GM can say, you know, this is a pretty simple task. Let's give you a dice shift up to a D6. Uh, or, you know, maybe you're currently on fire and you're trying to help somebody. I'm going to give that a, D sh- a, 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 a sh- shift down from a D4 to a D2. And there's a whole ladder that you can actually eventually dice shift your way up into something that it auto succeeds uh, or dice shift down where it auto fails. Um, because I actually, one of the, the my least favorite parts of D20 is the fact that should the dice cooperate in a particular way is that that 50 monkeys doing Shakespeare thing is that one peasant, that one rat, that one rabbit could kill a great worm red dragon if the dice happened to fall that way. And I hate that. Uh, I just, it, it does not make a lick of sense. Uh, there, there should be a point where you go, no, the rabbit needs a howitzer. And that's, and <laughs> you know, that, that's the, uh, that's the whole dicing up and down sort of thing um, is you are utterly unskilled and you're the worst. And you try to do something that's, I, I can't run a CRISPR genetic machine. If I went down to Eli and tried to run one, I would just end up making freaky mutants all day long. You know, I, I, I just don't know how to do that. And so there should be a point where that happens. Um, one thing that we're talking about is, of course, Power Rangers. You see the TV show, and it's you know the campy, cheesy, and you were you know people are playing in you know the the was the what's the name of the town? Um, Angel, Angel Grove. Grove. Angel Grove and stuff. See, and depends, I was, depends on which season you're talking about. Correct, right? but yeah, yeah. And so I, I'm sitting there, and I was like looking at it, and I was like, you know, if I was going to play this, I would, I would, me personally, I would move it. Let's just put it on Earth, and I'm going to make it dirty, gritty. Where these are not high school students; these aren't college students. These are adults that have stopped being rangers and are called back into it, and they have to deal with their real life. And kind of make it a more dark and gritty Power Rangers. Because you can do that. I, a lot of people look Absolutely. at this and are like, it has to be a campy because it's Power Rangers. I'm like, no, you can do whatever Jeff you Jones want. Is an edgelord. <laughs> There's a really cool uh, YouTube video. I've linked to it once or twice before. It's got like actual, it's got a Starbuck from uh, from Battlestar in it. It's got uh, uh, Jason, uh, was it James Vanderbeek in it? Um, like it's actually got, but it's a, it's about a 15 minute long video. <laughs> it's a good that one. Is a an R-rated Power Rangers alternate universe. Yep. And it is rad. Yeah. Like like if, if someone looked at me and said, "Your game, could you run that?" Absolutely, you you could. You don't have to, but you absolutely can. Um, just to pat some Essence Twenty stuff because we dealt our first three licenses were all cartoon licenses, Saturday morning licenses, you know that kind of thing. Yep. Um. When you run out of health in Essence 20, you do not die. You are you fall into the defeated state. And it is up to the GM to determine what the defeated state is. So in a game where you're playing, you know, you've decided to play that gritty, you know, no, the G.I. Joes aren't using red and blue lasers. They're shooting bullets at each other. <laughs> then you could say, you tell your players at the beginning, defeated means dead. You know, you, you've taken a bullet, you're done. Um, you know, whereas like you playing Transformers defeated generally means for one of the roles in Transformers defeated, you can actually stave off defeated by losing a limb. 
you, you can specifically choose to, you know, at that last minute, get your arm blown off instead and keep fighting. Uh, uh, in Power Rangers, you get knocked out of your morphing shell and knocked unconscious. Yep, you turn it back uh, into human. Yeah, so uh, that's it, it's up to the GM. This is what I meant by it's a flexible toy box. It's up to the GM to determine kind of what some of these things are. We've made rules for it, but you get to choose just how deep that goes and when you apply certain things. Yeah, I put a link to the uh, that particular video you were talking about in the chat. In the chat, oh, very cool. It's one of um, my favorites because I remember it. One of the things you and I were talking about, and uh, we, you know, we talked about, you know, the Essence system being in every. Um, whoa, your screen got a little crazy. Um, oh, my my screen shows Kathy now. Kathy, Bernie, Kathy. Um, yeah, you're you're you, we have some issues with uh, internet, is what it is. Um, so I um. I was talking to you about some stuff, and one of the things I saw was, you know, that all the licenses were the same, mm-hmm. but you could technically play a GI Joe, My Little Pony, Transformers, Power Ranger game all at the same time. Absolutely, uh, that was the reason why our team was so big. Despite us working on the different licenses, we had to make sure that the Essence Twenty system, at its core, functioned smoothly as a base um where it's it is a base system and then basically every setting kind of tweaks it here and there but the tweaks are individual to that system correct uh like the you know the gi joes their roles have multiple kind of sub roles whereas the power rangers don't power rangers are you're a ranger you you are this color of ranger this is what you do um and transformer they have some different divisions within their roles, but it's not nearly as like delineated out as, uh, as GI Joe is, uh, GI Joe is very equipment heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas power Rangers are straight up superheroes, but eventually get, they get their own special, you know, they get their Zord that turns into a mega Zord and, you know, they, they get their, their special vehicles. GI Joe can walk down to the mortar pool and say, Hey, can I borrow that tank? And if you roll, the, you roll correctly, you roll high enough the requisitions officer officer says, "Yeah, just try to bring it back to the full tank." Yes. You oh, you're sneaking into a place. Yeah, you can have the tank. Sure, you roll. Yeah, good take it. Whatever. You know. Uh, and then what it allows us to do is uh, in a lot of the adventures. Um, so uh, our first adventure was with the for GI Joe uh, came out with the aside from the one that's in the main book came out with the GM screen. That's the one that I wrote uh, is uh, Emerald uh, Obliette, and it's a there's a section in every adventure where basically you get X number of requisitions to, you know, you're going into a swamp, you're going to get an airboat. We're going to give you a pair of swamp fins and two more requisition rolls. So then you can choose based off of what kind of character you are. Like, let's say you're the ninja. You're like, I really want to have like the, the brand new super thing. The thing that came out in the new book, this chameleon suit that I really want. So you say, I'm going to try and get, get, get a hold of one of those. Or you've got your rifleman who wants maybe to not be in the nasty muck. And he goes, I want to go ahead and get a sniper. Rather than using my assault rifle that I always use, I want to get a fancy long-distance sniper rifle and just stay out of the mud. You know, or, or whatever the case may be. Whereas in Power Rangers, you don't really have, there's no requisition. It's just, you've got a bunch of stuff. You eventually get a Zord. 
And if the mission requires you to um, have something, your mentor or your out friendly, you know, I, I, I robot gives you what you need, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, whatever, whatever the case may be, or the morphing grid, you know, has it at that moment, you know, allows you to manifest it. Whereas a GI Joe can't just go and I've got a sword. Power Rangers frequently do that kind of weird stuff in the show. And we made sure that that was represented in the, in the game. One of the things I did notice while reading through the rules and stuff uh, for Power Rangers is you can request your Zord, but it's not a guarantee that you're going to get it all the time because it does states in there that, you know, it's just, oh, it's only when they're needed. And it's not going to be like, oh, there's like three putty creatures that, you know, you could beat with like a swift kick. You're not the Zord's not going to come out for that. <laughs> or I need to travel to the mall. Can I grab the pterodactyl and fly there? Yeah. No. <laughs> Get an Uber like everybody else. You know yeah. they, they they answer when needed. Yeah, I thought that was a very interesting little thing that the the players just couldn't call them for any old thing. The Zords have yeah. to go. Okay, yes, I am needed, and and it's controlled by the GM whether that's it's needed or not type thing and. I thought that yeah. was pretty interesting uh, concept on it. So I know that you, you and I talked about uh, Gen Con because uh, you're going to be going to Gen Con. What are you going to do at Gen Con? Uh, so I will be uh, – the only thing that I've – I've got two things actually scheduled that I know I'm doing at Gen Con. Uh, on Sunday, I am playing Munchkin for Charity. Um, Matt Forbeck is getting a whole bunch of us together to uh, sling you know, Munchkin cards and get people to uh, – to uh, I think what we're going to do is the charity dollars are going to let us cheat or something. I don't know the specifics yet, but uh, uh, either way, it's going to be you know a couple hours of just playing Munchkin and having a good time with other people from the industry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so th- so that'll be fun. You know, so know, knowing that you're playing a goofy game for for a good cause. Uh, but then Thursday, I think it's Thursday night. Uh, Renegade has their uh, role playing game uh, or their RPG staff meet and greet. Um, basically we've got a, a, one, like our role-playing game room is, um, going to be devoted to, uh, hanging around, having, you know, drinking cocktails and, uh, uh, signing books and, and that kind of stuff. And, uh, I, I made sure that I was open for that. Uh, so I'll definitely be there Thursday night okay. signing books and talking shop. Um, you also mentioned that, um, one of the things that we found was interesting was your Discord channel or the Renegade Games Discord channel where people are mm-hmm. describing their different games and how everybody's, I wouldn't say twisting it or breaking it, but making their own spin on all this stuff yeah. because there is a gritty, you know, you could make a gritty Transformers or a gritty, you know, My Little Pony. I mean, you, you could make this stuff and it's your game to make. And, you know, like Power Rangers, you know, there's going to be people that are just going to go, I'm going to hit 32 on every skill I do type thing and just, Absolutely. you know, wipe out stuff. And, and and it's flexible. We always tell people that, yes, here are the rules, but make your game your game. If you've got a yeah. bunch of people that want to play an edgy, you know, game, they can play an edgy game. If they want people to play your the standard, you know, cutesy, you know, this is the, the, the a copy of the TV show. The, the, there are several people in the Discord channel that just come on like every Monday. So, I, like I said, I, I do office hours from uh, basically nine to ten uh, Eastern Standard Time. 
um, every day, Monday through Friday, on dis- on the the Discord channel to talk rules and talk shop and just kind of j- enjoy and hang out. And I love if there's no one asking about rules, just basically asking them how their games are going. Like you know, what, what tell tell us about your most recent session. You know, I I I, I'm, I, I live for this. And uh, uh, one guy, he is he's running a game that is super camp, like full on sparks and and rubber monsters. Like it's even his descriptions that like when he's running the game, it's, you know, uh, people like rocking back and forth in their chairs and flopping over. Like it's (laughs) it's really neat that they're getting that that into it. Uh, And then there's another guy who uh, apparently the game was, you know, he their first round of characters were too um, were not. They were like too combat heavy. Uh, so he kind of amped it up a little bit on them and uh, added a couple of house rules to make things ridiculously hard. And so now they're on the back foot. And it's it's just I love to hear those, you know, the the different interpretations of things. And there's also we I learn a lot from, you know, we learn a lot from playtesters, but we also learn a lot from the players um, is, you know, occasionally somebody will say something and I'll I'll have to send them a personal message and be like, how are they doing that? You know, the guy's like, yeah, I did 12 damage in one round. And I'll be like, what level are you? Fourth? Yeah, that seems... Something's amiss. Either we missed something or you missed something. And I'll ask how that works. And, you know, we'll figure it out. And if it's something that needs errated or whatnot, you know, I'll, I'll jot it down. And then I'll talk to the team on Slack. And we'll we'll get the errata updated. Well, I mean, it, that makes a really good point. Because a lot of people, they'll give developers a lot of shit why didn't you see this why didn't you find this and you're like we you can't find everything and players can find things because they have the time to find all that stuff and they're looking for that type of stuff they're looking to break the system and see where they can break it um type thing and so it always cracks me up when they people yell at developers for that and i'm like you gotta understand they're not concentrating on that one rule on that one thing for everything they're concentrating on everything and trying to find a good product. And if you find that, yeah, it's going to get eroded. I mean, a prime example, war machine and hordes. Oh shit. We didn't see that that, that one rule worked so well compared to what everything else is because there's so many different things going on and errata, you know, type thing. Well, it's, and what's funny is a lot of people don't realize the the D and D fifth ed players handbook has been through like twenty seven revisions. Oh yeah, uh, like depending me. on which print run you have, they just don't announce it. They mm-hmm. just basically fix the tweak, they fix the typo, and then they move on to their next print run. Or I mean, so the funny joke I always say is when we played fourth edition D and D when it came out, every time Watsi dropped an errata, one or two of us had to change your characters. Yeah. Because we had apparently found whatever the broken thing was and been like, well, this is fine. I need an armor class in like 47. Sounds good to me. <laughs> like, no, you can't have that. Like, every time I'm like, all right, hold on. Let me change that feat to something else because it doesn't work like we wanted. It doesn't, or, you know, it, it gets changed enough that, like, it, I, I don't want to say it breaks, breaks the character, but it just completely changes well, them. Also, remember, you, when you're looking at something as a designer, you know how it's intended to work. You have that knowledge in your head. It's hard to disconnect from that. That's why you get complete strangers to play test because they are looking for exploits. Yep. Well, and not to not to you know, it's no secret. It's been out a long time. the The Power Rangers book, when it came out initially, um, there were a, a lot of problems. Uh, the system worked, 
it, you know, but there were a lot of things that people were finding in the book that, that were terminology differences. Um, you know, it, it refers to one thing one way and then one thing another way and another, and another later in the book. And, uh, all the threats used a different stat block system than what we had originally intended. And there was just a lot of there was a lot of little things. And it came in in those first like 48 hours of when the, the PDF, the, pre, the PDF pre-release launched. We got so many comments and so many things kind of bombarding us that we knew something was wrong. Like, like this, like one of those, we busted our ass on this book. It can't have had, you know, and we've been playing it. Like we've been playtesting it our own and we didn't have all these issues. We weren't using the layout copy, but we, you know, like what's, what's going on here? There was a technical difficulty uh, between the final layout and printing, and several files got backed up to previous versions. Um, it there was a there was a mistake. So someone someone somewhere made a mistake uh, in the in the digital food chain, and it went to press that way. And a lot of that stuff has been since recorded and fixed. And you know when, when the reprint happens, it will be repaired. I've written a gigantic errata that says, you know, this and this and this, and I'm constantly updating it when something else is found that we're like, oh, shit, that shouldn't have been that way. Um, and it's really hard to to look at a fan base, especially a very rabid fan base uh, like the Power Rangers community and look at them and say, it's not our fault. Some of the things were our fault. You know, some of the things we honestly just didn't either didn't catch or in our playtests, it didn't come down that way. And and now that the game is out in the wild, it did come down in a different way for someone else. And we were like, oh shit, okay, maybe it does need tweaking. Maybe it does need a different, you know, we when we were doing it, we knew what it was supposed to be. Like you said, you know, we, we knew that this was supposed to be this way and we, we were just gonna, oh, it'll get fixed from here till then. And it didn't. Uh, and now it is, now it's being fixed. Just like the G.I. Joe book when it came out, um, a lot of people were like, man, this is so much cleaner than the Power Rangers book. Well, it had three months longer in development, cleanup, editing than we had because, you know, again, there's a licensor as well that we have to keep happy mm -hmm. as far as when things get released. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there are there are dates that we have to meet, even as a company who owns the, the product. Uh, and then, you know, Transformers is, is heavily delayed, but it's done. Just we want please printer be magic. <laughs> uh, you know, shipping and printing has been a nightmare in this industry for the oh, last year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know plenty of people that are like, I back kickstarted some stuff, uh, you know, years ago or whatever, and it was like, we're sorry guys, we can't. I'm like, and you got to cut people slack. This in the printing and shipping right now is horrible yeah, for the it's, industry. It's a garbage fire. Yeah, especially yeah. printing because so paper is an issue. The other thing about well, the Power Rangers game is you got to realize some people this might have been their first role playing game since D and D. Role playing games have exploded between the pandemic and Critical Role and all those guys, and people are starting to find more games and branching out, not realizing that hey, WotC has a lot bigger budget than everyone else. What? You're not going to get the same quality necessarily from the smaller companies because sometimes it's like two guys working on a book. You know, and they need to understand that. Um, I looked at your Discord. It looks like you guys are really interactive. You've got a good, solid Discord uh, community. Looks like there. And I, I call them my Discord Rangers. Is this? There's <laughs> the, the every day. There's like four or five of them that are there 
like clockwork every single day. <laughs> we chit chat. We talk about, you know, uh, their games. And occasionally, like I'll do, uh, like if I'm feeling particularly froggy, I like to do it on Fridays. I'll do like a, uh, a little trivia, you know, like two, two truths and a lie. If you can pick the lie, I'll, I'll answer one of your questions within, you know, marketing uh with within uh, within marketing constraints you know mm-hmm. about upcoming books and stuff because we've we've talked about what several of the upcoming books are going to be now we just have to basically have to wait for the printers to be done with them to get them shipped out well i'm uh, going to be trying to uh, convince my players to go for gi Joe transformers when we get done with uh the fantasy we're playing but we'll see three gnomes and a half giant which episode seven and eight will be coming out this week and technically two gnomes and a half giant sir Oh shit! Uh-oh. Yeah, change those numbers. Oh, do I need to change them on the on the stream channels? No. Did someone die? Oh, it's a possibility. <laughs> Two gnomes, half giant, and an undead. <laughs> I mean, it may happen. Um, let's go ahead and switch over to the media section. Um, so, Brian, we do have a media section where we talk about things that we uh, read, watched, did, whatever. Uh, I gave you a quick description of what our rating system is. You have a chance of using two. Uh, you can use it, rate it from Casablanca, which is considered the greatest movie of all time, to Cats. Uh, and as soon as the butthole edition of Cats comes out, it'll probably overtake its spot. Um, I because I'm not going to fucking watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we have... Um, our uh, Space Herpes, zero Space Herpes being the best movie you've ever seen, and five being the worst Space Herpes. Uh, so I'll let John give us, uh, John, what's your one of your that media's happened that you've watched I'll, and give you an example? I have three quick things. Uh, okay. Well, I watched, uh, since James Con passed, I was going to watch, uh, what was it, El Dorado, but it's not available for free anywhere, so I watched Alienation, since that's the movie I own that he is in. Okay. And uh, I think I reviewed it before, but uh, watching it this time, boy, uh, him and Mandy Potemkin and Terrence Stamp carry this movie. Uh, the rest <laughs> of the actors are okay. The, I mean, it's dated as fuck. Like, if there was a movie that goes, hey, you could remake me, it would be okay. This and Highlander are like the two I think of that's just like, eh, they feel dated. They could really do it with a remake. Yeah. But... I mean, obviously, Manny Potemkin's a great actor. James Conn was a great actor. They carry it in their roles. Uh, you actually feel like it. He's got that sort of... James Conn's got that sort of old granddad, casual, not really racism, but that's how he was brought up. He's not actually a bad person that you see from your granddad sometimes. Um, but uh, I love the... the it's It feels like a buddy cop movie, but it's not like a full action movie. It is more mystery and sci-fi, highbrow you know, stuff than actual action and i i feel like it really could use remake um you know i enjoy it me, what gives me good alienation feels and i just rewatched it recently it is on netflix it's called bright yeah. uh the, the the not the shadow run not shadow run uh yeah. movie oh yeah it gives me very heavy alienation feels. it does yeah very much so um but yeah so i i think that's there i give it i'm gonna give it two space herpes I mean, I'm sure on that alien ship they had a couple. Uh, it was <laughs> enjoyable to watch, but and, and it goes pretty quick. That save it's saving grace right now. It's not overly long because it is really dated as fuck. Uh, and I think nowadays they could make a much better version. It doesn't have to be dark, but they could make a much better version of this movie, and it would be good. Uh, Ford, uh, the TV series, I watched it, but I've seen a couple bits recently. It was not good. <laughs> not what it was you remembered good for the time. Yep. 
like Voltron was good for the time, but I can't fucking watch that thing now. <laughs> so, Anyways. Brian, what do you got? Give us one of yours. Um, so, like so many other people, uh, I finished watching the season of Boys. Finished yep. watching this season of Stranger Things. Um, Not for Stranger Things yet. It's on my list. Yeah. So I will say nothing. No spoilers yet. We won't give you spoilers. So what do you? So I just finished the boys, and I of course finished Stranger Things. Um, mm-hmm. So let's go with the boys because we've been talking about. I've been talking about that all week. Um, the finale was pretty decent. I liked it. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm really looking forward to the end of the show. I think it's- they're they're going to start jumping the shark pretty soon if they don't finish out the story and get to the fucking monkey and get it done in my opinion gotcha. uh well we'll see um i i liked where they are right now yeah we are uh, and i i dare say without giving any spoilers one of the pieces of information that we learned uh i think would tie in perfectly for a season four wrap-up yeah and that's what i think i i in my opinion i know it's got another season coming um i my personal, I would see like not this season, but the season after being the end, and I would be happy with that. Yeah. Wrap up the story, get I th- it I over. Think five, a five season run would be nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I overall, I like, I like that the the last season. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Um, some interesting things happened. Um, some stories did get wrapped up. Some, you know, thing endings did happen, but now we've got you know bigger endings. So, what do you give this season? Um, I, I'll, this season, I really loved last season, uh, like a lot, uh, this season, I will give it two space rupees. Not bad. Not bad. Um, it's definitely on the, 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 the nicer side of things. Um, I don't know. I think I'm kind of over eight episode seasons. I kind of want more out of my seasons. There's, things are too short. Disney Plus is doing doing that a bunch where it's like eight episodes, six episodes where they're not. It and and yeah, I understand that that's still like two feature length movies worth of footage. Yeah. Um, but if you're gonna write something like a series, I kind of want at least ten episodes. Eight eight feels funky. I wish they would get actually, because I agree that it doesn't always feel right. I wish they would go to the BBC style, where the season is exactly as long as it needs to be, no more, no less. Get the filler out, tell the story. If you need a filler to something later, do it. But if you need seven episodes, do seven. If you need nine, do nine. If you only need five, do five, and then work on the next one. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Because um, the problem with more is some of those more, like Obi-Wan, just felt an episode or two too long. They definitely had filler in there a little bit. They could have made that story a little more concise. I really liked it. Okay. Um, but I can see what you mean. There was definitely a couple of episodes where I was like, eh, we, 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 we spent some time on a ship, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there were some going places episodes. Yep. Gonzo, what do you uh, give uh, the boys? Uh, I'm pretty much him. I, I, I'm going to rank it down a little bit one to about like a one and a half to one. Um, because I enjoyed it, but I, I'm like him. I'm like, it's cause you're an edge Lord. <laughs> I'm an edge Lord. Um, but there was some stuff and I, I think it's hilarious that they put the warning, like nobody should watch this shit because this shit's bad. Nobody yeah, should they're, be they're straight up. They're like, if you, if you have sensibilities, they're going to be dashed on the ground and stomped. Like, oh, yeah. this, this is not what this is for. Yeah. Sir. I watched animes in the eight, in the nineties. 
you cannot offend me with that. <laughs> but no, I, um, I give it about the same thing, about one and a half though. And then uh, I did go see a movie. Oh, oh yeah. As well, spoiler I, free. I spoiler free. I did go see Thor for the Thorning. Um, love and love and chunder. Uh, <laughs> it was a movie. And the soundtrack was amazing. Michael Cicino, of course, was amazing. If I could judge just the soundtrack, I would say zero zero space herpes. That is a Casablanca soundtrack. I I listened (laughs) to that on uh, Apple Music uh, yesterday. And uh, yeah, zero. Um, And I was uh, pleasantly, pleasantly surprised with uh, Christian Bale's Gore the God Butcher. Um, I did not think he was going to be remotely any good i went in going this is going to be a terrible character that we're going to see for you know a few minutes and we and i was really impressed they did a really really good job with him they did a great job with uh the black blade or the necro sword um they they his effects without tying in storylines that uh marvel doesn't want to tie to that character because sony owns venom um, I think that they did an amazing job, and and I and he he was a shining moment in that uh, in that movie. He was the unpopped corn curd in that giant steaming turd of a movie. <laughs> uh, that I, I... was so pre pre warning. I like. Uh, Taiko's uh, Taiki Taiko Waititi. I can't remember his name. I always screw up his name. Um, I like his TV shows. His movies are. I cannot. I don't like them. Uh, He is. He is god awful at on at ongoing dialogue uh, in an existing state. Um, Ragnarok ruined the Planet Hulk storyline, and I hate that movie. (laughs) Um, so i went into this with low expectations i went in going okay it's another waikiki thor movie but you know what maybe i'll be pleasantly surprised and it started off strong with gore and i'm like okay all right maybe he learned and then it immediately went into terrible humor slapstick stupid comedy and a thor that could not pass the fourth grade um, just dumb joke after dumb joke after I'm a stupid surfer boy constantly. And I don't mean to say that every, you know, comic book movie needs to be, you know, Man of Steel. Not every comic book movie needs to be Black Panther and deep and have a message. Does not. You can absolutely have a fun comic book movie, but please have your dialogue not sound like it is being delivered by four-year-olds to four-year-olds. Captain Mizzy has a quick question for you because this has come up before. Uh, Did you watch Our Flag Means Death? I haven't yet. It's on my list. I just, I've been, I just have I didn't want to get into that argument already. (laughs) I'm not, I want to, I just haven't seen it yet. I don't have an opinion on it. Okay. Um, So I'm going to go with one of mine. So give us your rating. Yes. Yeah. Oh, how many space Uh, herpes? Is there a way to have advanced space herpes? <laughs> so, the I love you've seen it, but Cats is horrific and is five. 
Uh, there is a knockoff called Atlantic Rim that's a five, and it is fuck awful. Uh, Lovarella is five. Like, we used to call uh, the Turkish Star Wars a five, but we've had to revise it because Turkish Star Wars is not that bad. (laughs) I'm going to give it four space herpes with a side of Iron Man 3. (laughs) Because that's... Well, so I have my own uh, movie rating system, and it is... Uh, the Iron Man 3 scale, and that is how many times would I watch this movie in a row before I go back and watch Iron Man 3 again. And I would probably put this at, I would probably sit through Ragnarok, not Ragnarok, uh, again, I'm I'm equating them because of the same stupid movie. Um, I would probably watch this one more time before I'd watch Iron Man 3 again. Okay, interesting. (laughs) Iron Man 3 is the bottom of my food chain. Um, Oh, Wow, I I can't stand Ragnarok, but at least it has fun action in it. Iron Man three took. It, I, I'm 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 gonna rant on a different direction. Hey, I, uh, it took two subpar Iron Man villains and smashed them into one lesser Iron Man villain. Like I don't, they took they literally took something and said these two things aren't great and we're going to make them worse. And then they're like, there's this extra character that we're gonna have but he's not really the character you think he is. And he's going to be worse too. Uh, Like every reveal in that movie is just a punch to the dick. It is over (laughs) and over and over again. As, as a comic book fan, they're like, Hey, remember that thing that you loved? Okay. All right. Now uh, we're kidding. We're kidding. Here's this cool idea. Okay. Now one last, it's an abusive relationship. It is apologizing and then slapping you again. Ragnarok just starts dumb and stays dumb. Sorry. No, <laughs> I don't get to actually... uncork like this very often. No, Normally, I gotta keep my mouth shut. I am not gonna. I'm not gonna judge someone for ranting on something. Trust me. Uh, oh, yeah. Interesting. It's good to know where you stand on certain movies because I know Iron Man three is generally not super popular. Uh, I am a fan. Do I think it's the best Iron movie man movie? No. God no. I I, I I misheard you and I thought you said I think it's the best Iron Man yeah. movie. And I was no, like. I mean, the first one is obviously the best Iron Man movie, oh, yeah. but I think Iron Man's best judged as a series because it's more about it, the stuff that happens is important as Tony Stark's growth. And I think that's the most important thing of that series, but that's neither here nor there. Except um, it no. gets undone between movies. A little bit. It gets actually, undone off screen. The next time you see Tony, he's back in the armor talking to Jarvis. Like yep. it's, it's right back. He's flying with the group going, Hey, remember that thing we did in the last movie? Don't, don't talk about that. Don't talk yeah. about the ten it, it's billion dollars. It's almost like the Iron Man movies show. are like separate, sort of like the first and first Hulk is kind of separate, and the second Hulk too. But anyways, but anyways, I no, don't. but it's it's good to know. I mean, I, I mean, there's a lot of Marvel movies; they can't all be hits for everyone. Oh yeah, no. Well, and and there's a few of them that I because I actually love the Edward the Edward Norton Hulk. I think that's it, a great flick. It's a sleeper. It is way better than people give it credit for. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I was sad when he got replaced. I think that Mark Ruffalo does an admirable job. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I also think the reason why Mark Ruffalo is, is not getting where he's going is because they just keep boning Hulk over and over again. And that's just a licensing thing. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's because they can't, they can't give him justice. They, they just yeah. can't because someone else owns him. Also, I don't feel like you can make a good Hulk movie. I mean, a, a really good Hulk movie in the Marvel style that they're doing MCU style because there's nowhere growth for him to go. They did all his growth all screen already, you know? Yeah. They, they set him too much as a force in nature and not so much as a character. You know, Bruce Banner's a character. 
the Hulk, not a character. Yeah. So, anyways. Uh, Gonzo? Um, so I decided to watch a TV series. Uh, it's on Hulu, so Brian, you can uh, jump into it. Um, and I, I saw the little picture of it, and I someone posted an article about it uh, that you're either going to really like this show or you're going to hate it, and you're going to really like it or hate it in the first 15 minutes you watch it. Um, and the TV show is called The Bear. The Bear is about a Chicago-based restaurant, sandwich restaurant, where uh, the owner passes away and the um, nephew has to take it over or whatever. Uh, or his son, excuse me. His son has to take it over. And the dialogue and the characters in this are fucking amazing. <laughs> they, it, 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 and it's like what you would think a Chicago hole-in-the-wall restaurant shop would act like when you aren't there, you know, everything. And you've got like two chefs that are just bitching at each other, trying to get their point across. And they're both talking about two separate things, but still <laughs> bitching at each other the whole time. And it, it I mean, it, it is just, I don't see how they got through some of this because it is so loud and panic inducing of what they're doing and how they're trying to get all this stuff done. Cause what happens is, they have the shop. The shop is pretty much on its last leg, and this uh, new chef comes in, and she tries to modernize it and trying to get everything working, and you know they're trying to do everything and trying to keep it afloat, and so he has to take like side gigs to help pay for stuff, you know, like oh, I have to go cook for this this birthday party, and so him and his you know cousin go off to go work at this birthday party, so she gets to run the entire shop by herself while they go attend this birthday party and there's a problem with some of the things that happens i'm not gonna spoil it because i laughed my fucking ass off uh when you find out what happened at the birthday party but it's only shot in like three or so places um but it is just very solid written uh all the characters are very very good you 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 feel for each character there because they're like don't tell me to fucking cook you bitch and they're like, did you just call me a bitch? She's like, yeah, I called you a bitch. Love you too, bitch. You know, and they go off and, you know, and do their stuff. But, I mean, it's just such – the cast has great energy and everybody fits together. And it's just like, they're about to shoot each other. You can just – you just wait for somebody <laughs> to just, like, cap and, you know, shoot. But, I mean, Chicago. it is very solid. They're only it's, about it's... 25 minutes, 30 minutes an episode, and they're like – Maybe ten episodes or something like that, eight or ten. It's uh, Maddie Matheson's in that, isn't he? I think so. Because uh, I thought I, because I, I, I follow him. Uh, I, I am a foodie. I do a lot of cooking and stuff as well, and uh, he's one of the chefs that I follow. Yeah, I mean, it was it was very solid. I really enjoyed it, um, and you really don't get to know what the whole story is until the very end. You know, so they keep teasing a little bit at a time to keep you keep you in. Um, but I mean, it really was solid. Uh, and like the only character, I only person I really recognized out of thing was, um, Oliver Platt is in it oh, as okay. one of the uncles and he's only in there for like two episodes, but everybody else is kind of brand new. I've never seen them before. Um, so it's just, it's super, super solid. Cool. I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I re- recommend everybody watch it. It's, it was a, sl- it was a sleeper hit. 
Uh, I give this one, this is zero space RVs for me. It was so good. I just couldn't stop binge watching it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, give me more. Give me more type thing. So, other than that. John, you got anything? Uh, Strange New Worlds. Oh, yes. Zero. Quite possibly the, definitely the best season, first season of any Star Trek. Quite possibly one of the best Star Trek seasons ever. Yes. I 100% will agree with you on that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Star Trek-esque stuff, uh, I totally space you mentioned Hulu and you mentioned Star Trek. They mesh together in this brain pan. Uh, the Orville season three is fantastic. See, I couldn't uh, get into it because it wasn't. It was less comedy and more serious. Uh, well, and that, I think that's, that's kind of he wanted to do actually. He he'd been interviewed to say that the only way he could get it going was comedy because that's what they expect from him. And now that he's he not wants to make to it. it a he, he wants to make it a sci-fi show. Uh, yeah, like it's not, it's got the occasional quip in it, but it's supposed to be, to be a, it's supposed he, to be more about sci-fi. He yeah. wants to be Galaxy Quest. He he and, really yeah. wants to be Galaxy Quest. Like. I want to take the piss out of them at the same time doing homage while I'm doing new stories. Um, and the most recent episode is one of the best, one of the best episodes of sci-fi I've ever seen. Yeah, I, uh, I heard his last one was pretty, pretty gut wrenching. The one too. before it, the one before it was very topical. Um, they, it was very like this episode is about a current topic that everybody is th- talking about. Mm-hmm. The one that just came out is literally some of the best written sci-fi that I've ever... Like, it, there is a conversation that happens. There's a very real human moment that when it happened, it did not... Ha- like, I was expecting it to go one way. Just as as a writer, as a fan, as a, oh, this is what they're going to do. And they totally didn't. They stuck to what the characters would do, not what the story needed and it it hit me like a ton of bricks like i like i kind of when the when the show was done and there was this you know kind of like that deep breath afterwards of that happened you know like i kept waiting for something else to kind of un unplug the tension and it just never unplugged like they were like no this is something that they have to deal with and this is something that they did and i'm like wow that's great like I, I Seth MacFarlane, like I, I loved him as a comedian anyway, as a creator and a comedian. But this season of The Orville has there's a couple of episodes that are, eh, they're okay. Like I'm like oh, okay, he's this is there's a few world building episodes, mm-hmm. um, but there is definitely a couple of episodes that are just phenomenal, and the one that just came out was definitely it for me so far. Cool. Zero space earthquakes. Awesome. <laughs> um, one thing I did mention before we, because we're running a little bit over, but it's okay because we are having a great time. Uh, Netflix put out a, sh- a movie called The Sea Beast. Um, the best way to put this movie is take Tangled plus How to Train Your Dragon and um, a pirate movie together in one, and you've got this show. Uh, definitely, he's got a little kid feel to it. Um, a little bit, some of the stuff is, could be a little bit scary for, you know, some of the stuff that happens, you know, some little edgy type stuff that happens, but nothing bad as a kid show, but very cool animation, very fun, uh, very solid. Uh, yeah, everybody's now looking, it's a sleeper hit cause nobody heard about it. Nobody knew it was coming out and it just popped up on Netflix. And so now people are doing merchandise for it of all the creatures and the casts and everything's going on. It's um, DreamWorks, isn't it? I can't remember who did it. 
It's because uh, it's the same people who did How to Train a Dragon, I think. Uh, let me see. I don't remember. I don't know who did it. Um, don't know. It does feel like it. Um, it's it's a Netflix film. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. So, but I mean, it 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 did really well. Call Urban does a voice in it. Uh, Jared Harris, you know, there's just a bunch of different people in there that does it. And it's been, it was a really fun show. Very solid. Um, I would give it, um, Moana and Big Hero 6 is kind of some other people kind of describe it as. Uh, but I'd give it like a one. There's a little bit of things you're just like, eh, okay. And you can see, you can see all the plot from a mile away, but I mean, it, you don't care because it's, it's, it's a fun kids movie cartoon type thing. So I enjoyed it a lot. Um, anybody else? Nah, anything else I have to wait. Yeah, I th- I've got one or two that I can wait, but they're more of this ending season. I wanted to get the cool ones out. Um, point, point five in blue. Um, Brian, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we think it's amazing. You're always welcome to come on the show uh, when Transformers hits finally. Uh, you want to come and... Uh, come and pimp that and we can talk about transformers absolutely yeah i think I am, really cool. I am very i am very happy with that in fact actually i just got done uh two of the source books that will come out immediately after well i shouldn't say immediately the the, the two following source books after the gm screen uh for transformers are both penned by yours truly so cool uh, i've got uh, i do I'm kidding a little bit. Of, oh, okay. Oh, did I freeze? Yeah, you froze for a second. Up? It's okay. Fuck Skype. Um. Fuck Skype. <laughs> and fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. 100% fuck cancer. Um, but, uh, so, what? Uh, when, when is Transformers going to be hitting us? So, right now, I know the, the website still says quarter four. Um, and, but I, I guess it's if it shows up early, it'll show up early. Uh, it just depends on when it comes back from the printer. Okay. Uh, is is I, I it's that whole thing of there are certain um, certain things that like I read in the marketing channel on, at, at, on corporate, and I look at that and go, well, that's got to be good news. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's good news or bad news it's just news so i i've i've learned to just kind of follow what they say because for all i know uh there's another container ship you know being hijacked by you know south australian carnivorous snails so <laughs> it's it's so a thing when, that happens apparently. when john and i pick it up uh because i'm definitely going to pick it up and of course john's going to pick it up uh right. we'll get our read-throughs yeah uh we'll get our read-throughs and then we'll have you on and we can talk about it yeah, that fun. way we could go. Why did you use this rule? Why didn't you use that rule? Why didn't you do this? Or why? Why is it my and favorite my... character in this? This obscure character that I've never seen, but maybe two seconds in everything. I don't know the section, the 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 readout section, the like listing of the Autobots and stuff in there that we that we made is pretty extensive. <laughs> There's a few. There were a few that like because we uh, we make the list and then we send it to Hasbro and Hasbro says. You know, yay, nay, yay, nay, because there's licensing stuff that we have to deal with when it comes to these IPs. Mm-hmm. And there were certain characters that are like, nah, don't do that guy. You know, no, yes. Why isn't this guy here? You know, like, like, so the list, the list is pretty, pretty extensive. There's a few sleepers on there that I saw that I went, 
who the hell is this guy? Like, <laughs> I actually am a fan of this, and I don't know who this person is. Like, I had to look it up and, like, read a couple of comics and go, oh, that guy's pretty rad. You know, like, I wish I would have known about this guy originally. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. We could have a whole conversation, but I'll save that for Transformers time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I'll we'll uh, hoot and good time with that. Guys, we appreciate everybody uh, listening and following us. Uh, make sure you go to uh, Renegade Games and go check out uh, all the RPGs, uh, pre-order Transformers, and pick up all the other stuff. Uh, make sure to check out Brian on his own uh, channel on YouTube, which is Tales from a Professional Nerd. <laughs> uh, do you have a Do you have an actual schedule that you follow? Like I only stream. Uh, I try to have it out Friday every Friday at noon um, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the episodes tend to run around forty-five minutes to an hour. Uh, very rarely do I go over, uh, and I'm because I again I've never met a microphone I didn't like. Uh, I very rarely am less than a half an hour. There's a few videos that are like I, I open up with I'm thick and I don't want to do this, so let's um, let's move forward. You know, <laughs> so but most of the time they're about an hour long. All right, guys. Uh, topics, topics range. Yeah. Uh, we're going to send y'all off to Ricky is not a ferret. Uh, looks like he's playing some games. He's also trying to get his uh, 300 subs so he can uh, start taking donations and all that stuff. So go over there, give him a follow, uh, even if you don't care for what he does because uh, you're helping out a friend. Uh, he's a friend of us. Go over there and help him out. Um, we're going to play our outro music. Oh, wait, by the way, Brian, don't talk during the outro music because they can hear you. <laughs> we are hot Mike. um please take care of yourself please look after each other if you see something going wrong stand up and say something about it for more than dice i'm gonzo i'm john i'm brian good night dun, 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 dun. here comes that raid folks stick around i gotta finish that drinking record time oh yeah you downed that quite quickly it's good. Yeah, well, of course, it's liquor. A it's sober John is a weird John. I'm actually stone cold sober still. And what were you?